Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Oh, welcome to the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. We made it to uh, 56 episodes. We'll Good do, uh, God. We'll do one more of these and, uh, and, and take a little uh, vacation time for the year 2020, and we'll uh, start mm-hmm. back up again. And mm. Hopefully, we'll have a new year and, and different and more exciting things to talk about. Yes. Mm. Uh, as you know, uh, we're not sure who the sponsor is on this bad boy, uh, but either way, we offer you a chance to be the unofficial sponsor of The Greatest Story Never Told. If you would kindly make a donation to one of the three local fisher houses in the Pacific Northwest, we would greatly appreciate it. Looky there, there's uh, one coming in right now. I don't know what you got there. That's uh, $5, oh. $4, $5. Let's buy some minis. Yeah. Oh, that comes from our own uh, Jason Dilding. Uh, production, operation, what are you... Uh, production director. Okay. Production director. Production services. I handle audio for your yeah. fine establishment here. Okay. Uh, who cares? But uh, <laughs> the main thing you is, ask, if me. you go to the Fisher House's main website, you see, mm-hmm. uh, you can give a donation uh, to the Fisher House in general. Mm-hmm. We would prefer you uh, send those donations to the three local chapters here, and we'll make you an unofficial sponsor of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. Before we get to uh, this exciting episode, we have an interview. And, uh, I'm sorry, we have an email, and it says, uh, no hate, I am 21 years old and on the air fryer train, too. You should be. I love y'all. I will say this. I saw that uh, our own uh, Ryan Castle posted a picture over the weekend on his Twitter that uh, looked to me as if he had a toaster oven mm-hmm. with an air fryer button on it. Mm. Yeah, it's all the rage now, man. Because people are buying air fryers, so the toaster oven crowd said, look... Before we just get crapped out of this this kitchen utensil scenario, add the air fryer button. Okay, all right. Here's well, I, you know, that would be something I might be looking into. I have a 77-year-old neighbor who just recently had a quadruple bypass. Super nice guy, spry, very feeling great. I walk out this morning before I'm coming into the radio station, and what do I see in front of his door? And I took a picture of it specifically for you guys. This guy bought himself... An air fryer. And ah, the box was sitting right yeah. in front of his door. Why did you stole it? it? I thought about it. Mm-hmm. I did. What's wrong with you? He says, uh, it's the, the holidays. People <laughs> expect to have their crap stolen. It's a gift that keeps on stealing. Right. He says, uh, by the way, guys, the last credit story never told had me doubled over in the cab of my excavator from laughing. Good S, gentlemen. That I was looking safe. forward to Tuesday's show. That from the wet napkin. The wet napkin. The wet napkin. Oh, yeah. the wet, not just the. Yeah. Uh, the. Jason joins us for this uh, exciting episode of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. And, uh, Wanted to uh, to pick your brain a bit. How long have you uh, How long have you been in Seattle and been uh, an employee here? Uh, seven years, three months, something like that. Almost seven and a half years. Okay, all yeah. right. And uh, little be known, uh, Jason has never taken a day off. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, well, it, I did. I took one day off. My dad died. I so. was going to say it always yeah. is like just the worst <laughs> case possible scenario. <laughs> Outside this morning, I'm like, what are you doing over the holidays? Like working. I was like, you can't just tell the sales department, like, look, man, no more commercials after this date. You got to. He's like, nope. Gotta be here every I'm responsible day. for more than just commercials. Okay. So, like, audio. Like, we have people that work behind the scenes mm-hmm. that prepare things for not just commercials, but other things yeah. that happen on these radio stations, and I have to handle a bunch of that right. as well. Don't gloat. Yeah. Now, 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 trust keep, me, now I'm keep not. in mind, <laughs> as many times as we, as we brought you on the program mm-hmm. uh, in the past, uh, we, we normally uh, bust your balls because you're a, a vegan. Yep. It's normally about I have your, a plant-based diet, plant, and I drink smoothies diet, that are brown diet. but not chocolate. I had my maybe, brown uh, chocolate smoothie this morning. <laughs> maybe not uh, maybe uh, you could bring one of those in for Thursday and make Steve drink it. Oh, that's a fine idea. One of those things where you put, like, flaxseed oil and crap in there and, and do all that thing. But people under need to understand what a weird creature this guy is. So just to give you an idea, mm-hmm. we've given you the vegan aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Plant-based. What, right. what yes, time great. do you go to bed every night? 
Um, 9 o'clock at the latest. All right. What so, time do you get up each morning? This is what I'm saying. Think about this as like a 90-year-old man. Okay. <laughs> so you go to bed at 8.30. Yeah. Then you get up when? Around 2.15 every morning. That is ridiculous. Now, are you letting your dog out and going back to bed, or are you setting your no, alarm clock d- and getting up? I'm taking the dog out at 2.15, 2.30, the latest. We're out for about a half an hour walk. I make the eight cups of coffee, go sit on the balcony, jam down a couple cigarettes, read through email, and sip coffee, and then hop in the shower and come on in. What time are you in your car, by? Uh, 4.15. So I'm usually here about 4.30. 4:30 whatever. Yeah. So you're in here even before the morning shows. Uh, yeah, I'm here with the support. Like, I see Rev every morning. I see uh, Joe from the other radio station every morning. So they're both here. They're trickling this... in. No, they're usually here before I get here. And then you work all the way up till 5 o'clock and, uh, and rinse repeat. You work on Saturday and Sunday as well. Sometimes. It depends on the project and what's going on. So just know Jason is a working machine. Yes. Without question, and this is no lie, you are the hardest working person I maybe have ever it's, met in it's radio. It's possible that I'm just lazy and I'm procrastinating, and sometimes I can get it done in seven yeah, days. Yeah, but you're not. Five days, so. You are not. Okay. And also should be noted that uh, before this, you worked in Chicago for a number of years. Yeah, born and raised in Chicago. 19 years in Chicago radio before moving out here. And uh, you worked for some legendary stations in Chicago. Yeah, I worked uh, for WLS, world's largest store, um, FM and AM station. I ran their shop for uh, half my career in Chicago. So I was 19 years in Chicago radio, so I spent about 10 and a half or 11 years for the WS properties. So, and, 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 and please, if you could, just expand on some of the personalities that you've worked with that are some of the names that maybe if you're in the Chicago area growing up or you've heard these names before. I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how special these names are to everybody because it's a little inside radio, but um, a really well-known, very popular guy in Chicago who was from Michigan originally, Kevin Matthews. Uh, who did radio for 25 years in Chicago, uh, worked for him. Steve Dahl, when, uh, after Steve, Steve and Gary were a massive show in Chicago for years, um, worked with them, didn't work for Steve directly, but worked, you know. So for, basically what you're saying years. is moving here, this has been a step down for you to work with uh, our show. And you know, that's what I, I'm hearing. Yeah, I would exactly. Say I mean, that's that, what I hear, yeah. I would say that every change that I've made has been an upgrade. And okay. what I didn't know was... When I took this job, there were many things that I had to do that were personal homework to figure out what these stations were all about. And <clears throat> if I was going to indeed be lucky enough to come out here and take over running production right. for these stations. Now, uh, since you've been here, yeah. uh, you've had to work with us for seven years. Yes. So this is what we want to get into right now. Because we, we, we don't understand exactly maybe if it's easy to work with us, if it's difficult to work with us. I think us. it's easy. Just do what we say and there's no goddamn problems. I, I think that as far as there's always an intimidation factor, right? And I was uh, talking with uh, the Mike Hawk about this earlier. There's an intimidation factor when you come in to someplace new and you don't know what the personalities are like. This, has been, this is a legendary set of call letters. It's turning 50 years old, right? You guys have been here for since 2004, mm-hmm. right? So it's when you come into a situation like that and you don't know these people and you're the outsider, you're the new guy, you, I've never experienced a bad situation moving to a new radio station and taking over another shop, and, and I've always gotten along really well with everybody. But you, which just, is crazy, because you're such a douche. I'm a horrible person to know once you get to know me. Yeah. But the the I think the most fascinating thing that I can relate to how I felt like I was accepted here was, I think it'd been, I'd been here for maybe two or three weeks, and it was a Friday afternoon, and uh, Miles, you came down to my production studio, and it's around five five fifteen five thirty. And he said, hey, man, you want a beer? And I'm like, um, uh, sure, yeah, let me, let me grab a glass. He's like, no, no, I got it, I got it. 
So you went back down to your office, to the kegerator, and you poured me my first men's room original red that I had Those were the since. days. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> kegerator oh, news. Were the, it was in our office. In yes, the was. office. It was right. in our office. Yes. And, and now it's uh, it's got a lovely display out here in our in our cafeteria eating area, and uh, it's a memorial now to uh, to days of old. The good you know, old you days. Got, you gotta to remember, what you, you used remember. to be. Look, if you put a kegerator in somebody's office, okay, there's an understanding that you are going to do the uh, responsible thing mm. and and, and, and drink appropriately. Yes. like we always say, you know, please drink responsibly. That's, that's what that's, we say. That's sure. a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we we couldn't do that. So we ruined that privilege, much like a child who is no longer able to play with a certain friend or, you know, can no longer. Uh... How many timeouts do you guys think you guys have been in as a result of having that kegerator? As a result of the kegerator, probably only about 10 or 15 percent of the cumulative timeouts that okay. we've gotten. Right. But it's also, I mean, you got to remember the. But that's the. As far as drinking goes, 80%, but the kegerator, only 10 15% yeah. of the drinking issues that have ever come up. Someone broke into our office at one point in time and found a bottle of tequila. Mm-hmm. They are no longer employed here because <laughs> when the relief came in, they were <laughs> asleep at the wheel. But when the relief came in, they joined them, and then both of them mm. were asleep at the yeah. wheel. And by the way, we did not tell them that they could go into our office. Right. And, no, I was uh, pissed because they stole our tequila. Right. Right. So that was... Uh, that that was, was for you. Yeah. But uh, anything that you remember just from the, the seven years that you, uh, you know, kind of... You know, I, 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 there's nothing that stands out specifically other than the fact that, you know, I, I, I write a lot of copy. And we, when we do a bunch of commercials together, what usually ends up happening is there's so much that gets left on the cutting room floor. As so it to speak, should. Because, you know, Thrill and I specifically will get into a <laughs> into three or four commercials and, and, we're, and we're voicing this stuff out. And at some point, the what should be five minutes or so of his time turns into a 25 or 30 minute recording session because something will have happened or there is some sort of a side or anecdote that comes up that just waxes poetic and then we find our way back around like a Seinfeld episode to the point and then move forward. So for me, it's always the what happens in between the commercials that I have the most fun with and we have, I think, well, the things that the things that never make the air are they probably a very not. good thing. This has been Terribly a while. This offensive. has been a while, but this is probably a story I've never shared with you. But it was uh, one of those moments where it just you know you're you're involved in it. No good. So <laughs> I, I, I go out. I don't I, know how I feel about this. Yeah, I go out and I get absolutely f- hammered. Right, someplace. I, I don't know what the deal was, but typically I'm pretty good at knowing when to say when. Mm-hmm. I don't normally have hangovers. I don't take it to the level of I know now when to cut it off. This right. was not one of those nights. So I'm lying in bed. I got the TV on. I'm starting to get the mouth spins. You know what I mean? I'm starting to get the spins. I drop anchor. I sit up. I've got my hands in my face. I'm thinking to myself, this is this is going to be a bad one tomorrow. Sure. You know, I've got to throw up, right? So as I'm contemplating when exactly is the right point to throw up. How do you get to that point of when the right point is? I just know because my mouth starts watering. Well, right, that's yeah. the point. Steve, like Thrill and I have talked about like, that before. When you feel <laughs> yeah. when you feel the floodgates open yeah. on the sides of your mouth, it's already like, oh too God. late. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hurl. It's like when you're eating dinner and you look down at your dog and he's got like a six inch dripper coming off right. his chin because he's right. been smelling this roast right. that you've been cooking all day and he wants some. Right. That's when I know. Mm-hmm. So at this point in time, I, I'm whatever's on television's on television goes to a commercial break, mm-hmm. and what do I hear? I hear a commercial about a rehabilitation clinic yep. for alcoholics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sure do. Whose who's voice mm-hmm. do you think this is? While I'm sitting there with the spins, getting ready to throw up. 
It's our very own Jason. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of this, I'm sitting there and I'm like this. F you, Jason. <laughs> you. Well, f you have a fucking problem. So I go and throw up, right? Mm -hmm. I come back in. I try to cool down. I lay on my side. You're welcome, by the way. And you're conscious that you didn't want. I flip back over again. I roll over. I take some Advil. Advil do one of two things for me. I can keep them down or my stomach's now empty and I'm going to throw them back up. Mm -hmm. All right. About five to ten minutes go by. I'm still just spinning. I don't feel any better. I'm drinking water. I've got Advil in. Oh, God, here comes the mouth sweats again. Right. I've got to throw up. I sit up on my bed. The station goes to a commercial break again that I'm watching. It's like a cable chair. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the first voice that comes on? I'm Once very again, popular on cable. It's very Jason popular. telling me that I've got a problem and I need to go to rehab. Now, and I'm like, now, you! I didn't say that you had a problem. You read into that. So clearly that is your conscience working against but you. But twice that I threw up that night, he is in my ear through the television telling me that I... Should check into rehab. That does remind me of another story related to this show and to that group of people. And they're a I fantastic I organization. Because I bet you it's when you were recording all of that voice stuff. <laughs> I was. Okay. So I will, I will set up part of the story because Thrill has to finish it because from his perspective. That's when it got uncomfortable. The irony is not lost on anybody in this story. Uh, I have a group of people who have been reformed and, and uh, um, have been um, alcohol-free for many, many years coming in to do testimonials for this company. Sure. And, they're, and they're wonderful people, and their stories are bleak but inspiring, yeah. and they've really done wonderful things since they got themselves clean. And we wrap up the session. The four guys are still sitting in there. I think I go outside for a smoke or to go to the whatever. Enter Steve the Thrill Hill. Now, I don't realize who the clients are, but I do know that the clients have been in the office all day. Well, they got here like 10 a.m., so obviously this is a long recording session. No big deal, because I've seen them in the hall. They're very friendly. Everyone's kind of getting along. Mm -hmm. So I run into Jason's office back in the old building. And again, Jason's smoking. I don't know this. So mm -hmm. I say, th these four guys, though, they're still in Jason's studio. I was waiting for Jason to get back. So I run in. They kind of look at me, obviously. And I go, oh, hey, man. Uh, sorry, man. Is, is Jason around? They said, no, nah, you know, he stepped out for a minute. I said, no worries. One of the guys looks at me and goes, you must be thrilled. Okay? And I'm like, yeah, 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 man. I'm like, they put my hand out. And they introduced themselves. And I realized at this moment, these are the guys from the rehab place. But, oh. but now it's worse because, like, they're trying to stage, like, this instant impromptu intervention. Because there's four of them. It's just me. So it's not the commercial. I'm in there. And I'm like, uh, so I don't generally feel awkward, but it's just so uncomfortable. Because these are older gentlemen. Right. And they have done anything I could dream of doing, but they have now improved their life. Yes, I'm clearly sober. I'm clearly still on the path to hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm the dumpster fire. And you can see in their and the fact that they can name check my ass. Right. Like, oh, you must be. So but I started feeling so uncomfortable and so bad. Because these guys are so nice on top of it, you know. So I'm like, you know, man, I I'm just going to uh I'll come back. Yeah, no, no, you wanted us to tell Jason? No, 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 it doesn't matter, man. It's it's all good. And just put my tail between my legs and walked out going like, I have a problem. And they're like, oh, you know, it's okay. We've all been there. Like, no, 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 we're not doing this now, man. I'm out. Yeah, it was a good time. Good time. Yeah, great time. Good. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. We appreciate it. That's my kind pleasure. Of. Yeah, yeah, thanks for the five bucks for the Fisher House. That's now I have to go record a goddamn commercial with them. All in ones. We'll make it rain. Got to record three of them. Yeah, you do. Three of them. We did them yesterday. 
but apparently I'm a little aggressive sometimes when I read. <laughs> well, so I'm like Kitty. Well, they didn't like the spots. No, no it's he, not that. You dial dial down the negativity a bit. All right. I didn't see, realize it was being negative, well, man. Well, it's, it's, it's Walt Disney World, man. <laughs> yeah. see, Come yeah. see the mouse! Here's God what I damn look it. at. Th- Thrill's tone never changes. Right. The only way you know he's in a good mood is sometimes you'll see him smile. Oh, thank you for that. But you always, know, you always know he's Thrill. He, he's just, I think, I think this show is some of the most salt-of-the-earth people I've ever been around and worked in radio, and, I, and I've loved every minute that I've been here with you guys. And it's a testament to who you guys are, but <clears throat> everybody always, always asks, like, why is Thrill so angry? I said, he's not, not angry. It's just. I went talk. If you had a voice like his and you have to use that much energy to get that voice out, you'd sound angry too. I got cut off at a bar. I hadn't even had a drink yet. But I see a friend and we are talking at the end of the bar. So when the bartender finally comes over and I go to order a drink and he's like irritated. He's like, I can't serve you. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, obviously you're already drunk. I'm like, I'm not drunk. I'm, just, I'm talking yeah, to my I, goddamn friend. You're friends. just naturally belligerent. That's yes, the problem. I'm naturally belligerent. I got cut off at a Chi-Chi's in the Anchorage Airport at 9.30 in the morning, and I had a freaking thing to drink. The woman just looked at me and went, no. No. That is sad, but true. No. And I was like, why? What did I do? Was it because I was making fun of the guys in the camo and the rifles right. at the bar? My bad. <laughs> I can't see their camo. Maybe I'll just sit on their lap. Oh, sorry, brother. I didn't see it because your head is toe in camo. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man. A Double Flush production.